Welcome to the It's Going to Be Good podcast sponsored by Accrue. This is the place where Anna and I talk about how we are growing as individuals and how we're building a firm in a way that's healthy and sustainable. There is always more to learn and we want to share what we have learned and what we're still learning. Today, we are going to be talking a little bit about the resource hub that we've created for our team, and we call ours the information station, which is cheeseball to the max, and I love it. I love it. Um, (laughs) But the basic idea around our information station is essentially that we wanted a repository, a, a place where people could go to get the answers to questions that have already been answered. So, you know, when someone joins a company and you get the same question every time, you can choose to continue answering that every time it gets asked, or you can answer it and put it in a, in a space um, to live for all of time so that you really only have to answer that one more time and then never again or point people to the resource. So we do that in a way that makes those things a little bit more visually interesting. So it's not just a bunch of documents all over the place where we like to put things in, in something that helps our team actually want to look at it. And then the for new employees, this is the place that they can go to find all of their training, all of their development, any ancillary resources. If they're looking at future growth opportunities, what are some of the tools that that role uses that I would want to take a look at in my training before I'm in that position? So it's it's really just designed to house the resources that help our team be successful. So I love it. It already existed when I came. It has improved over time in many ways. But Anna, you want to give us a quick rundown of what is currently in our information station? Because it is robust. Yes, it is robust and it is quite pretty, which is great. Mm -hmm. We have a team member who contributes in marketing and she had a big hand in making it really look lovely. The first iteration was my version, which was much less pretty. And it looks great now. So we've got a lot of information in our information station. And it it covers a myriad of topics. It One, obviously being culture. It's a place where our mission and values live, as well as a lot of other cultural type things. A lot is just logistics, things like when are holidays and when are due dates. We've got some things that are, you know, more HR focus and onboarding focus. And and we'll kind of dive into each of these sections and talk a little bit more about what resources live in them. And then there's, there's quite a bit for specific roles or for tech stack or, or other types of resources that are helpful, as well as just developing team members, those resources like the managing emotions at work resource that we had talked about in a previous episode that that lives in our information station. But one thing I, I really want to highlight for this is it seems like the kind of thing that big companies have, you know, big mm. companies and big firms, you know, they have an intranet or whatever it's, whatever you want to call it. They have like a, internal company website where you would go and find all those things. And one of the things when we were originally building this, we wanted to be able to mirror that, but in a way that was easy for us to maintain, that was easy for us to just do something with, because we wanted to have that feel of, Hey, there's one spot to go. And there's, you know, a lot of the things you need to know are there, but then, you know, when you're a small company and you're not like a web developer or, you know, you you don't necessarily have some of those resources, it can feel daunting to, to build something like this. So we happen to be in G Suite and we just built a Google website 
could do those. They're free and they're pretty easy to edit. So they're very user-friendly to edit. Yeah. Yeah. It really wasn't that cumbersome for us to build. And to be honest, it's really a website of links just to other things <laughs> yeah. that Google Drive. You know, you save the the pretty looking resource and then this is a link to that resource, you know, but it's one place where you go where you can navigate through and find the information that you want. So you want to dive further into like what goes into each of these categories? Yes, absolutely. Well, let's start with culture because I think that's one of the hardest things to make explicit. Um, one of the things that we've talked for for several years about is making implicit policies and implicit like ways of working and implicit culture explicit because when someone joins, that takes time to learn if it's proximal learning. And when you're talking about a remote environment, that proximal learning is limited. So I think for us, you know, having some of that culture stuff be really highlighted. We keep all of our culture elements at the top as much as possible. So like our mission and values is pretty fundamental and core to everything that we create. If we make a process, if we, you know, make a resource, if we do something, we tend to tie it to our values or our mission or both. And so that being at the top and the forefront of our team's visibility is I think really important. It's also where like the org chart is. So you know where you can go to talk to people or who's who in the company. And I think that helps people understand different functions in a remote environment in particular. We also have a, a success roadmap for onboarding and, and intro period team members or team members in their intro period. So that actually gives them like some guidance and clarity about like what being successful at different stages at our company looks like. Because when you join, you're still in learning mode you know, month two, you might be looking at things and really like understanding at a deeper level, but like, you're not going to be refining systems and processes. You're not going to be updating things. And so like looking at where your focus and intention should be as you're getting used to working at a crew. And that one is like, it was time consuming. It was, it was a lot of detail, but I'm so glad we made it because even if a new team member joins and isn't like digging into that like every week or every, you know, couple weeks that they're here. Just the fact that we want to tell them what success looks like so that they can actually achieve it communicates like, look, we're for you. We're here to set you up for success and it's up to you to get to where you're going, but we're going to give you all the tools that you need. And I, I just love that. I love that too. Yeah. I, I, I think that is that clarity of here's what doing a good job looks like so you can do it is mm -hmm. one of the kindest things you can possibly do for a new team members in particular to say, this is what doing a good job looks like. I want to make sure you have everything you need. You know what the goalpost is you're aiming at. You're equipped to be able to get there. And then we're going to celebrate when you do versus starting somewhere and wondering whether or not you're doing a good job. That's a Absolutely. real bummer. So I, I love this resource in particular. You guys did a lot of work to make that really functional and beautiful. So yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's top tier. Well, and similarly, I think a lot of this relates to new employees, but it really is also, they serve as reminders for, for 
current team members as well. But I think it's really hard to understand how to ask for help in this industry in general, but particularly at a crew because we work so interdependently, but also we're all in our own homes and working independently, but our work is interdependent on other people. It's it's hard to quite like wrap your mind around how to ask for help in an effective way that still is generous to other people's timelines and workflows, but also gets you what you need and and keeps you personally responsible for getting what you need to get your job done. So things like asking for help are clarified and like the way that you can do that in a way that's easy and helpful for your team is, is a really good way to share some of that culture. And then our philosophy around things like feedback that we know people who are joining a crew are going to have to wrestle with. The way that we do feedback is so different from how most companies do because we just want it to be clear. We want you to know exactly what it isn't that is happening. Like, not that. Instead, do this. Here's where we want to go. This is how we'll know we made it. And that like feedback process is a unique one and it is a challenging one to get used to. I think we all think we want feedback, but we are imagining until it feeling good. It. Until yeah. we get it about something that doesn't feel good. Feed positive and like, you know, like encouraging feedback feels good. But when someone tells me that I did something in a way that I shouldn't have or tells me that I need to do something differently, I already know it's not going to feel good. So being able to like prime new employees for how to how we think about feedback and how you can start to reframe that in your mind because you will have to. It's something you're going to get if you work here. And so being able to kind of prime people and and give some of that front loading of like this is actually we mean what we say, we do what we say. And then we recap what we said and did. So like, I hope it, I hope it lands, but like, this is important for you to know. So it really highlights a lot of that stuff for, for newer team members in particular around our culture. Logistics too, like you mentioned holidays and due dates. I think in our industry, due dates matter a lot and we like having clarity about that and holidays will mess that up, especially during busy season. All those Monday holidays at the beginning of the year really, really wreck a schedule. So we like to have our team know exactly what's expected and when and when they're going to have time off and when their stuff's due if they have time off. So that's super helpful logistically. And similar to the org chart, like who to go to for what kinds of questions, how to ask questions effectively. And then in addition to that, just meetings. If you were out on vacation and you need to watch a meeting recording of something that you missed and, you know, make sure that you got caught up on everything that we discussed in that meeting, then that's where you'll find that. So it's that logistical piece is just practical. And this is one of the things I really like about our information station is it would be really easy to just dump a ton of stuff in there. All the meetings that we've ever had, all the whatever, like just dump it all in there and just go search for it and you'll figure it out. We do it a little bit differently. I think we we imagine someone doesn't know where to find something and then we try to make it as user-friendly as possible. So even thinking about like what should and shouldn't go into this information station is helpful. So we don't put all of the meeting recordings, but there's a link to 
account manager meetings or all team meetings that we record and upload every month. So just having some consistency for where you can go to even make up for missed days or missed meetings. Like if there's, if there's clarity about what you can do and where you need to go to do that, it means that we increase the likelihood that our team is going to be personally responsible for handling their stuff before and after they're out of the office. Well, I think likewise, having our HR resources there, it ensures that everyone is hearing the same thing. It ensures we're saying a consistent message. So if we're talking about things like paid time off or being out of the office or what the process is to request time off, if we're talking about taking breaks and making sure you clock in or clock out to the right things, everyone hearing the same thing in the same way or, or reading the same thing in the same way ensures that we're not being inconsistent with messages that really matter, like HR type messages that I don't like to speak to them because I feel like I always will be like, yeah, just, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, let's make sure we're saying the thing you need to do and we're saying it the right way because those are the things that that matter. But then kind of similarly, but in a different vein, talking about growth paths at a crew, I don't want one person to hear, oh, there's all these opportunities and have another person not hear that there are opportunities. So being totally. consistent with what those different growth paths look like. So everyone has the same information displayed in the same way of what the logistics look like, what the HR stuff looks like, and even what the opportunities for them look like here at Accrue. I think as well, having some resources depending on your specific role. So we've got things like SOPs and email templates and cheat sheets for things and training videos. So there's a lot of links there. It's not where we house those things. It's not like where the training videos live, but it's just a place where you can go. So you don't have to go to a lot of different places to try to figure out where things are. It's the place that's going to navigate you to where those things live. So, you know, Hey, here's the link to where all of our training videos live, or here's a link to a cheat sheet for Slack and what we use different channels for, because it's a real bummer to be like, that doesn't go in that channel. Can you put it in the other channel? When you're new, you don't know where anything goes. You're just like, I don't know, do I ask it here or what? So having it say, hey, here's what we use these different channels for so that you know you might get reminders if you put it in the wrong spot. It's not a big deal, but at least we're telling you in advance and not just always telling you you're doing it wrong after the fact, but we didn't tell you how to do it right, but you are doing it wrong. So if you could stop, that would be great. (laughs) Totally. Well, and I think, you know, like there's so many things that we think about and talk about differently than other firms. And so even looking at some of the other things in there that are just really functional and helpful for for role specific resources like if you need to connect a bank or a credit card to QBO like that looks different depending on what bank you're talking about and so how do people know that going forward like how can you how can you learn something once and share that knowledge with other people so this is really core and aligned to our aim for better goal and our our generosity with our knowledge idea and and value So even thinking about like 
what even is done? You know, like if, if we didn't get something from a client, can I still do my part? What does done actually look like? And, and how can we help you know if you did it or not? It's like such a simple and, and like nebulous thing to clarify. But I think when you expect people to meet deadlines and you and you expect them to do their part, whether or not they have every single piece of information, it requires that you be explicit about what done means because done will mean different things to different bookkeepers if you don't identify what it is. We also, you know, have a ton of stuff about like how to leverage your unique personality or temperament and how to like kind of understand yourself better because a lot of what we do with our clients, because our focus is on that client experience piece, we want our team to be self-reflective. We want them to think about the way that they think about things. We want them to think about the way that our clients might think about things and how that might be different. And we want them to imagine what would be the most effective way to accomplish a goal? And if you're not really pausing and thinking, if you're not really encouraged to think about things like the big five personality types, like for example, that's something we talk about. It's not a, a test we do or anything like that, but we talk about it and we have a resource about it just so that account managers who work directly with clients can get a little bit of an idea of how they might think about things and how different people might be different in the way that they think about the exact same thing. So I really like that it's even organized based around like role and function in some ways, like in, in some pieces, because it, it empowers our team to find the resources that matter to them and that make a difference in their unique function. So even beyond that onboarding, so like in onboarding, we've got the list of all the things we want you to go through and look through, but let's say a year and a half down the road, you want to learn something new or you want to see what growth paths there are now because you're ready to move into a new role. Or let's say that you want to, you know, look at what account manager email templates exist because you just want to see if that even is a role you would want in the future. Like there's just so many ways that our team can leverage this, not just when they're starting, but as they're continuing to grow themselves and their skill set at Accru. Yes. I think this being introduced as your onboarding makes it feel yeah. really normal. Using it a bunch of times gets some reps in to build that as a habit. But I still go to the information station. I, I'm like, wait, someone's asking for something. I know it's out of scope. We've got a great template for that. I don't need to reinvent this wheel. And and I don't do this often enough to make this, you know, a built-in template in my Gmail. So, you know what? I'm just going to go search for that real quick. And and I think especially as we're getting, getting closer to year end, we're all buckled <laughs> up for it. You know, having a place where all of our year end resources live, our plan for year end, all of our email templates, like our schedule and all the things that you need to know about how we're going to go through year end, the ways that we send an email in advance to let clients know what to expect, the email templates along the way to follow up to get what we need, delivering draft reports, whether or not they did their part in getting us what we need so that we've done our part by when we said we did, but mm -hmm. also making it clear these are draft reports because we're missing these things. If you can get them to us, then we'll give you the finalized. Just all that clarity there 
is the thing we don't have to keep reinventing and we don't have to expect our team to all figure out how to do. We've figured it out and it all lives in one place so that everyone can get what they need. And we're all being much more consistent in what we're sending and how we're approaching things. Like it just really provides a lot more alignment than if it's like, yeah, everyone knows how to do your end. It's like, well, some people know how to do year end and some people may have never done a year end and not everyone knows how we do year end and that's not the same. And so actually one of our resources is a frequently asked questions document for our technical team members, which I love. We frame it as the accrue way of doing things. So it's not the right way. It's not the best way. It's the accrue way, knowing that our bend is client experience focused. Here's how we're going to do these things a lot of times. And here's why. Mm -hmm. And so that then our team members who are guiding other team members, our, our team members who review work and give feedback are then pointing back to that resource as they're giving the feedback, hey, can you update this? By the way, it's on the FAQ page. It's this number here just for your future reference. This is how we do this so that we're getting more consistency because we're just being explicit about, I mean, really granular technical things, but without having to give that really granular technical feedback every single time. Yes, absolutely. And I, one of the things I really like in that FAQ as well is not just like the process stuff, but also like setting stuff up consistently so it's transferable across time. So for example, in our onboarding process, as we're setting up account or view only access on like a bank account, we're going to want to put in the details of how to set that account up for us as an accrue account. We don't want that specific to a one individual because what happens when that person leaves? What happens when that person is on vacation? What happens when that person is sick? What happens when that person has a baby? Like there's really like no transferability when logins are specific to one individual. And so we have a systematic way of setting it up now so that it's consistent across all clients, which means that anyone could go in and would have the information that they would need to be able to access that account. And and that doesn't, I mean, obviously you'd have to have the credentials. So like you have to be given permission to access that account, but you wouldn't have to guess what that person's birthday is or, or whose phone number this is. It's the accrue phone number every time because it, a code should never go to a team member. So like even creating some consistent like process for your team so that there's transferability of account access of, of information across time and across individuals is hugely helpful. That has been one of the best ways I think that we've like um, created consistency across our team and across our clients. And it is It's a lot of work to reimagine and to rework, but once it's done, once that overhaul happens and every login is set up in a very like uh, neutral way and, and in a way that would be able to transfer to someone else, like it just means that you're maintaining after that. It's such little maintenance to make that consistency going forward. And the real bulk of the work is in even imagining what questions you would need to answer for your team. (laughs) So I I really like that it's just a living, breathing document, but that takes effort too. We've had several team members be responsible for it, quote unquote. And it's not until 
you know, the last couple people who have been fully responsible for it, that it's really grown and thrived as that living, breathing document. So it still needs an owner and it still needs to be touched on occasion. It can't just live on forever as is. It has to be evolving. Yes. That has been so incredibly helpful as they, especially as I've been developing some of our more senior technical team members to get really good, thoughtful questions from them and then collaborate on, you know, what would be the accrued way of doing this and then formalizing it by saying that sounds like a good thing for the FAQ page. And then Mm -hmm. it goes to the person who owns updating that across time, which is great because it's that discernment needed for this is something we should formalize. And then also there's ownership taken that isn't me. So I love it. Some of the other things in our information station that I really love are the more nuanced, like individual development kind of resources. So we talked about like the managing emotions at work resource pretty well in depth in the episode that we did. <laughs> so if you didn't listen to that one, that that's a great episode for, for that. But there's also how to disagree well at work, which I think is something most people are not taught or even strategies for how to deal with being overwhelmed and evaluating both the emotion of being overwhelmed, but also the reality of, am I genuinely overwhelmed in that there is too much work on my plate or is there a reality in which I feel overwhelmed because I need to sit down and make a plan? I need to map out whether it is too much work for me or not, or whether I'm effectively prioritizing or whether I'm saying yes to more than I actually can do. You know, it, it's it's really balanced in the way that we're encouraging team members to not just go with, I feel overwhelmed, therefore I am. And also not just go with, I should be able to do all the things all the time and ignore all my feelings about them. It's this like, you have feelings and there's reality and all of these things are within some amount of your control. So when you feel this way, stop and evaluate where things actually are at. You know, that idea of the emotion being an, a dashboard light, but not directions. So the, like, those are the kinds of things that you might tell an individual team member, but then anyone who wasn't in the room for that conversation doesn't get the benefit of that development. So yeah. finding ways to formalize and to create like a, a simple kind of palatable way of explaining these ideas so that we're sharing them with everyone. Cause that's something we we've talked about quite a bit of, you know, we would have new team members join and, and they'd kind of get the benefit of how we think about things now, which might not be how we thought about things two years ago or four years ago mm-hmm. or six years ago when some other team member joined. And now they don't get the benefit of those updates. They don't yes. get the benefit of, of our development that then we're sharing. And so having ways where we're taking these things that we've learned beyond just, you know, what days do you have off and how do you clock in and out <laughs> and how do you ask for a vacation, you know, but really how do you develop to be a more effective individual and contributor to a team? How do yeah. you manage yourself well? And then how do you work well with others? Like all of that development that we're doing and then we get excited and we get to share, 
then having a way to ensure it gets shared with everyone on the existing team and with every future team member that won't have been in the room yet. I think that's one of the things I really love about, about this because everyone gets the benefit of the things that we've learned, not just the person who happens to be in front of me when I'm like, oh, have you heard this idea? Well, also, I guess we do this. So I guess this is the other yeah. <laughs> Where we where we get to share ideas and things that we're learning about, but but very specific to you know our team and their growth and development and how to be successful here at Accrue. I really love having this kind of overarching resource of having a place where all kinds of different information that's going to help you be successful at Accrue lives. I want to add one more resource that I think is just worth highlighting because I think it's such a creative resource that we've made that I don't think most people think about. It's how to own mistakes effectively because we want to think that that's not going to happen, but we all know that it will. Like we work with humans, humans make mistakes. We know that. It's not even a wonder. It is just a certainty. So when someone makes a mistake, are you guiding and directing them to effectively own that to either, you know, internally in the company or externally to a client? Like, do they know how to do that in a way that you would be comfortable with as a leader in the company? And so we're just going to make that explicit on our information station. If you need to own a mistake, we've got some guidance for you so that you can do that in a way that makes everyone look good and still effectively owns that you are responsible for doing something to fix a mistake. Whether or not it was your fault, it doesn't really matter. And we actually give separate guidance around how to own a mistake that wasn't your fault. And I think that kind of guidance and direction is incredibly valuable to people who want to know how to do this effectively. If you don't want to know, you're never going to get it and you're not going to access the information station and you're not going to care. You're probably also not going to work here. You're not (laughs) going to work here. Yeah. Like our team is just so different in that they will always care about wanting to do things well and effectively and better and improve incrementally, you know, and and that's a great place to be. But if you're not guiding them toward how to do that effectively, you're going to get a lot of variance in how that looks. And so we get much less variance in how things look across our clients and across team members with this clear guidance in the information station. And also we did a podcast about owning your mistakes. So yeah. if you want to learn more <laughs> about that, we did a whole episode about it. I'm okay. going to just link all of our podcasts in this podcast. But, yeah. but See I the do show think, notes for links. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, just, just, just go back and listen to all of them. No, um, but <laughs> it's a terrible plug. We're not in charge of marketing. But... <laughs> One of the things that I do really like about that is we we encourage the balance between you should own mistakes that you made, you should not own mistakes that you didn't make, and figuring out how to effectively communicate when something is called to light that seems like it's your mistake and maybe isn't without being defensive is definitely a piece of it. But I think maybe the most important thing is if you're owning a mistake get someone else's eyes on that before yes. you send that out. Just 100% of the time. To make sure you're not going to, you know, fall on your sword unnecessarily, to make sure that you're not not owning it actually really at all, to make sure you've got that balance between here's what happened, here's what I'm doing to fix it, here's what I'm doing to make sure it doesn't happen again, if that's appropriate 
to do. And so just getting someone else's discernment, because if you feel like you made a mistake, you're going to knee jerk to wanting to own it. Like if you're a mm-hmm. decent human being, I, I hope that you all are. <laughs> um, you're going to knee jerk to wanting to apologize and having someone else's discernment to go, but is this actually a mistake? And if it is, yeah, let's make sure we do that effectively. And if it's not, how might we want to respond so that at the end of this, we're all on the same side of the table. So anyway, I, I love that resource. Definitely. I, I think those are the kinds of resources that go from here's how you do technical work to here's how you be an effective, approachable expert. Like that's really what a lot of these other kinds of resources are doing. And we also did an episode about how to be an approachable expert. So if you haven't listened to that one. (laughs) Wow, you're really crushing the marketing. Is this our (laughs) new strategy? (laughs) Every podcast will just be a series of links to the podcast we've already recorded. (laughs) It's a recap of other podcast episodes. (laughs) Have you guys listened to other podcasts? They're great. (laughs) Actually, you know what? You should listen to different podcasts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, okay. I, I think we've kind of covered the the idea of, of having a place where all the things live. What might prevent someone from doing, from creating this? Like, what are the things that, what are the kind of roadblocks that, that might keep someone from, like, yeah, that sounds like a nice idea, but. I think. Time is a huge one. I think these are the kinds of things that we think aren't the important work. And so we just push them. They feel flexible, so they can push, whereas like, you know, sending reports can't, so I'll prioritize that. So I think time is a huge one. We we will we bend toward prioritizing this stuff, but that's in large part because I'm not a technician. I think, <laughs> you know, like I, the the real work for me is this and and it is the the work I do with our team to create better systems and processes. So that's that's a tricky one because I think it's it's time and resources. <laughs> so time as a resource and also like funding as a resource or or other team members. I think also feeling like it's entirely on one person's shoulders to create will feel overwhelming and will, will make people want to stop. Whereas if you can share that responsibility, which we've done and has made it much easier to maintain, if you can share the responsibility of creating it with at least one other person, but at ideally a few other people, it reduces the burden on one individual and, and makes it so that it feels a little bit more manageable or achievable. But those are the things that come to mind immediately. I also think if you've tried this in the past and it wasn't effective, you might just assume it's not an effective idea. But I think the way you do it is also really important. So uh, for example, our initial information station when I joined a crew was pretty simple and straightforward, but it wasn't actually that usable. So, you know, we had like a link to training resources, but those training resources were just a spreadsheet of links to trainings, which is fine. Like that is, uh, that's more guidance than none. Here's the link to the links, Jill. What's the problem? But now we have links to specific training because you're looking for a specific training. You're not just looking for training. So I think even even just being able to conceptualize a different way to organize it might make someone rethink if this is a functional idea. I think it is. We Obviously, we've put time and effort into it, so we think it's worth it. But I think it 
is inherently in that you can answer questions once and never again. And that is valuable for your end. So even if you can't conceptualize how it would be helpful or worth it in these last few months of the year, it will be if you get any amount fewer questions in January. Yes. I I think that's I think that's right. And reflecting on the first version of this that that I made because I heard an idea somewhere and I was like, oh, I could totally do that. And it was it it existed. It was a thing, <laughs> but it really wasn't built into the way that we operate. It people didn't remember it. They didn't think to go there. It wasn't part of any habits. And so the biggest shifts that we've made are obviously making it prettier and more functional and more usable, but also directing people to it, both in the onboarding process, we're going to direct you to it a bunch to build the habit that it is there and that it is a place to get your questions answered. And if your question isn't answered by that, that's okay. But we want you to try to answer your own question first and come back with a more thoughtful question like, hey, I checked the information station. This is what it said in this resource, but I have a follow-up question to make sure I understand it is a very different question than just what what is this or where do I go? You know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's encouraging people to to level up even just the way that they ask questions, but it definitely wasn't part of any habits that we had built. And I don't think that was just because it wasn't as functional. I think it was because it was a bright, shiny idea that I did and thought was cool and wasn't actually ingrained into how we how we worked or something we were directing people to instead of answering a question. So that's the other thing about building resources that answer questions. It means you do, in fact, have to stop answering that question and point people yes. to the resource. Or they will just still come to you. So yes. yeah. if you're going to yeah. answer it and not redirect at all, then yeah. you've you've encouraged the behavior of still just coming to you with the question. So I, I think that's definitely a piece of it. And I'll say how you respond to that question makes a big difference for them wanting to continue asking questions too. So you can't possibly answer everything in a resource, in an information station like like this. It's impossible for us to answer every question someone will have, but we want to answer the questions that we get more than once or from more than one kind of team member or whatever. So we want to answer as many questions as we can in that way that makes sense to answer in that way. But you, we still want our team to come to us with questions. Yes. So it's really important that if I'm redirecting someone to the information station or to a resource that already exists, I'm doing that in a way that doesn't make them feel like garbage. Because yes. if the, if it makes them feel like garbage, they won't ask me next time. And then they might just never find that resource. They might never have the tool that they actually need because I just disincentivize them from asking questions. So the way that we like to do that is we'll say like, absolutely, that's actually in this resource in the information station. And as often as I can and is appropriate, I'll include the link so I can make it just that much easier. But I'm still pointing them in the right direction and saying like, hey, remember, you can solve some of your own answers and or answer some of your own questions and solve some of your own problems. But that's, it's a kinder, softer way of doing that. But it it really is important both sides. People need to find their own answers and they still need to be comfortable asking questions. And those two are magic for year end. Without either, 
you're either overloaded with questions and you can't get done what you need to within a reasonable amount of time. And you're just going to be way maxed and probably crying in a bathtub at the end of (laughs) January. (laughs) Or you have a team that isn't comfortable coming to you with questions and they're just going to try to handle it on their own with varying degrees of success. So both of those things are too important. So if you are considering making an information station or something similar to this, where people can find their own answers, that can't just be your new manager. Like you can't just be like, we have an information station and I'm not going to answer questions ever again. You must do it in a way that is supportive and encouraging people to continue asking the right kinds of questions and guiding them toward doing that in a way that is helpful for you and helpful for them, not just overloading everyone with a bunch of process. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I think that's just the, I mean, the most simple empathy of if I was at a company and I had to ask my boss a question and there was a resource that answered that question, how would I want them to respond to me? So that I didn't feel like a dummy for asking a question that I probably could have just found the answer to. But also, how do I want, you know, to like, I do want to be reminded of that. I do want to make sure I could start answering some of my own questions because that's the kind of competence and self-sufficiency we want to encourage in team members. We will be interdependent, but before we can be, we need to be independent. Like, so mm-hmm. those team members need to be able to solve some of their own problems And also we are still all connected to one another and we work together and we want to foster that kind of healthy collaboration. So how would you want your boss to answer? So you didn't feel like a dum-dum probably do it. Something like that is Mm -hmm. is helpful. So if we're okay, we're at this point in the year, we're kind of almost at the end of it. We see year end coming and we don't have an information station, but it sounds like a nice idea. I would say start with creating one place where year-end resources live. Just start with that. Hey, everyone, we know busy season is coming. Here's a spot where all the things you will need to know to get ready for year-end or to be successful in year-end live. Does that sound like the right place to start? Do you have any other thoughts about where someone might might take this idea and do literally anything with it. Yeah, I think that is the right place to start if you're listening to this podcast before January 1st. Yes. <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast after January 1st, between January 1st and April 15th, <laughs> depend depending on how involved you are in that in those 4 months of that process, I think the thing that you can do is create an FAQ. And as you answer questions, just start putting your an- your question and answer into that FAQ while you're busy, just so that you can at least do something, at least maximize the effort you put into answering that question once and make it a little bit more scalable. And then if you're listening to this podcast and year end isn't even on your radar, I think you can start wherever you want. But year end is a great place to start because it is the thing that is consistent. It is rhythmic and it requires several different resources that you don't typically use throughout the rest of the year. So for example, we have our end of year email templates of what to expect for year end that we send out in December. We have our email templates of, hey, here are the things I need to be able to finish your reports. We have our email templates of, hey, here are your reports it's a draft today, or this is finalized because you got us everything you 
we needed. Thank you so much. So like that consistency of client communication is super important. The schedule, like you mentioned earlier, knowing when all of the stuff is due, knowing when you're going to have to send out that what to expect email, like at what, at what point in December are we sending that? And by what point do I need to get all of my information from clients to be able to send reports? Like all of the timeline and where and when in the month we're doing different parts of our process, that is so helpful for our team so that if you've got people who are a little bit higher on the neuroticism end of the spectrum and really want to know what to expect for January, they can go in there and take a look at what you did last year, even before you've even updated for this coming year. Like you, you've got, you know, the resources there and then people who don't need to see it until they're ready to see it. will see it when they're ready, but it exists. It's there, it's consolidated and it's guiding. I think that's the thing that I value most in our information station is it guides our team to success. And that is, I can't tell you how valuable that is in January in particular, because success in January and year end, looking at our clients and going, oh my goodness, we sent all of the reports and we did all of the things and we're only waiting on, you know, these clients to get us a few, you know, loan statements back. Like that's incredible. It's, it's amazing. And the thing that I would say about year-end resources is every year we work on them a little bit in Q4. We'll touch them a little bit in October or November just to make sure that they're still exactly what the, we want them to look like for this coming busy season. And so that like living, breathing reality of these resources is a huge part of keeping this a functional place to find resources. It can't just be a thing you do once and never again. It has to be something that you maintain across time. How you do that or how often you do that is going to vary depending on your needs, but it will never be something that you do and check off the list. It will have to be something that you continually remind your team exists, point them in the direction of, continue working on, continue iterating, like all of the things but I think it's the the thing to keep in mind is the cost is in today time, like my time today in creating these resources or organizing them in a system. That's a cost today in time for sure. But in January, all of that time that I would have spent answering those questions, I'm getting back. So my future self will thank my today self for putting this investment in. I think that's exactly right. So that in in imagining your future self looking back on your today self and going nice good job buddy <laughs> thanks for doing all this work so that i could benefit from it i would say i think it's exactly right if you are approaching year end when you're listening to this starting with year end resources if you are in the middle of doing a year end close just starting to copy and paste questions you get asked and your answers that you give into a document doesn't have to be pretty. Just dump it all in there and then have someone on your team who's really good at that. Take all that garbage and try to organize it into something that functions well. And outside okay. of all of that, I would say start to make a list of the questions you get asked more than once. And that might be a good place to start with creating a few resources. Maybe brand new team members always wonder what the pay dates are and when the holidays are and how to ask for time off. That might be a great place to start, you know, or maybe having your mission and values something that is much more easily accessible. So it's something that we actually do use and look at and revisit and 
isn't just a box we checked one time. Maybe that's a place to start because we're going to point back to our values when we give people feedback about how to behave. Ideally, our values are more behavior-based and tell people how to act here. You know, wherever you feel like you're getting a repeat of the same kinds of questions, that's a good place to start with creating resources so people can answer them on their own and get a consistent answer every time. So key takeaways, creating a place that is going to house resources for things you answer all the time, for things you want everyone to know, and for things you want to be done consistently is a good thing. It is It is a good investment of time and energy. It will not feel like it always and in the moment, but future you will thank you for it. And having those resources for your team to be able to try to solve their own problems first and then ask for help promotes a culture of self-sufficiency while still encouraging that collaboration. So it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be pretty. It's just something you're going to want to start because it's so, so valuable to have your team be able to get the same information without always having to ask you for it. So thanks for joining us. We hope you will keep tuning in as we share how we are building a firm worth building. It's going to be good. 